This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzay Torah. This is Ezra Beck, the weekly shiur on Perush of the Ramban, the Parshat HaShavua. This week is Parshat Vayera. And for the Ramban of this week, I am choosing the comment, the extended comment of the Ramban concerning a comparison he makes between the people of stone who are surrounding, besieging the house of Lot, and a similar, very similar parsha, parsha of Pilegesh Begiv'ah. And the Ramban here appends in, in the, uh, in most editions of the Ramban, there is a long explanation of the story of Pilegesh Begiv'ah. So we're going a little bit off off track here. Instead of talking about Pashat Ve'eva, I'm going to use the Ramban Ve'eva to discuss a, the Pashat Pilegesh Begiv'ah, but the comparison between the two of them is very interesting. The Ramban himself sort of apologizes in the end. He says, I've been, I've been dragged off to explain something else uh, which wasn't which needed explanation, even though it doesn't do with this Pasha. But it actually does, because the comparison is almost deliberate in the Torah, and therefore it's it's worthwhile examining. In, in Pashat's Dome, the people of Sodom surround the house of, uh, of Lot, and demand that he turn over to them the two guests, who we know are angels, the two guests who, who, who Lot has uh, brought into his home. And Lot refuses, but suggests he offers them his daughters, making it quite clear that um, there is there's something sexual in the air. In other words, it, it somewhat makes sense that he could switch the guests for the daughters. Even though, uh, Chazal explained, and the Ramban in Pasuk Hay of the Pasha Yutet uh, accepts, he, he endorses the opinion of Chazal that the, the basic motivation was because they were opposed to having guests. They were opposed to having strangers stay in town. The economic reason, as the Ramban explains, is that the land of stone was, as described by the Torah in Parshat Lechacha, an extremely rich, fertile, bountiful section of Eretz Yisrael, Kigan Hashem. And therefore, the people who lived there did not want immigrants. They figured that people would move from the poor areas of Eretz Yisrael and the surroundings and would come to live by them. And they didn't want that to happen. They didn't want to share the wealth. And therefore, they had a law against against Hachnasat Ochim. No guests. And therefore, when guests did come, they would uh, attack them, they would torture them, they would kill them, in order to um, discourage illegal immigration. This, it might sound like I'm speaking politics now, but I'm, I'm literally not. I'm simply describing this pasha in the eyes of Chazal, and uh, that is the sin of Sodom. As Rabban points out in, in his commentary to Pasukai, Sodom is a synonym for evil, but what exactly was the evil of Sodom? It doesn't say. Pasuk says that, Kashbuch uh, says, there's a great tzaka, there's a great cry from Sodom, and there's a great sin. It doesn't say what it is. And the Ramban says, this story, the continuation, God is coming to destroy stone, but then the people besieged the house of the Lord, you really see what the sin was. The sin had to do with Ben Adam with, 
with accepting uh, strangers, with support, with staka, with giving help to people. That's what sto means. Sto means an extreme, um, an, an, an extreme uh, attachment to one's own to one's own possessions and an unwillingness to, to share in any way with others. He, he quotes the Pasuk they, they really were corrupted always, but the sin which which tipped the balance, which for which they were destroyed, was because they did not have they did not support poor people. They did not have a welfare program in the city. And, and that was the worse than anybody else. And he quotes the Pasuk, the proof Pasuk in Yechaskel, Perak Tedzain, concerning Storm, it says Vatigbena Vat Asena Toivalfanay Vasir Ethen Kashiraiti. And the Pasuk there is 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 talking about uh, support support of the poor. So there are two different sins involved here. The the, the basic motivation is a policy of uh, not accepting strangers from outside of town. However, when they come to besiege stone, Lot correctly perceives that there is some sort of a sexual motivation involved. Therefore, he offers them his daughters, uh, which they don't accept. And then the story continues. The man points out, you have a very similar story in the story of Pilegesh Begiv'ah. In Shoftim, Perak Yutet, the 19th Perak, describes the story of the man who comes to Giv'ah in the land of Binyamin and uh, he stays over there and the, some of the people, people in the city come to the come to the house and they threaten him and in fact his defender offers his own daughter just as Lot offered his own daughter to the mob in the end the man's Pilegesh, the man has a concubine she is sent out of the she is sent out, and she is raped by the people of that town. In the end, she comes back and she dies. And after she dies, this leads to a great war. The people of Israel are very upset. The man sends pieces of her bodies to all of Israel, and they organize a great army, and they attack Binyamin. The army, in fact, doesn't succeed, and many people in Israel are killed, and they fight a second day and a third day. In the end, they they persevere, and, and 40,000 people from Israel are killed in uh, 2023. 3,000 people from Binyamin are killed. And, and it's a great disaster for Israel. So the Ramban has a general comparison between the two cases. Amazingly enough, or, well, that's amazing, and for the benefit of the people of Givat Binyamin. He says the people of Stone were much worse. It's a fact, after all that they were destroyed by God, and the people in Benjamin were not destroyed by God. There was a war, they had a very bad time, but you don't find the heavens opening up and hurling upon them fire and fire and brimstone. 
The man says, well, one, interesting comment that I, I it, it, this might upset some people, but I think, I think basically the man is correct from the, from the Musa point of view. He says, the people of stone were motivated by the basic motivation, as I have explained, was, there should be no strangers in the midst. As part of their means of doing that, they tortured and raped and did other things to, to strangers who came by. The people of of Givat Binyamin were were merely sexual deviants. Merely, I, I stress the word merely. those evil people in Binyamin, they weren't trying to to undermine. The mitzvah of tzedakah. They were they they had a sexual obsession. And then he continues to describe the story, but he's, he's made his point. It's not as bad. What do you mean by not as bad? Ramban is expressing. I I I don't think it would be fair to say that Ramban that he in any way is mazalza. With a term like shtufezima, it's hardly, it's not a compliment to say about somebody who shtufezima. But I think what the man is saying from the Musa point of view, from the society point of view, I'm talking about the structure of an entire society. He's saying sin, okay, sin, sin is part of society. I mean, we're against it. I don't think we're, we're tolerant. He is, the man is not, he's not being tolerant. He's saying, ah, not so bad. But he's saying, uh, you know, it doesn't, lead to the destruction of society, the fact that the individuals have different sins to which they're addicted even. It's 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 a it's a mortal sin in two senses of the word. It's merely a mortal sin. It's 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 human it's the weakness of human nature. Not a good thing. And and we don't compromise on our demands. And the people who do it, the sure should be should be punished. But it doesn't mean the society is so corrupt it doesn't have the right to exist. But a society which is based on opposition to welfare, to tzedakah, can't possibly exist. That's the man's point here. Um, Again, I, I, it's a sensitive point. I don't think the Rabban is telling us to be understand. Well, maybe understanding. He's not telling us to be tolerant of human foibles, of human weakness. He's telling us to be perhaps understanding of it, or understanding in a certain sense, realizing that it's something which perhaps exists in all of us, but it's under control. But when you go and you found a society, there'll be failings. But to found a society with a constitution that says. We don't have social responsibility. We are rich and the poor should therefore go live someplace else. That is intolerable. And let's say because it's a worse avail. Let's face it, in terms of the punishments of the Torah, so not giving stucca, it doesn't carry the death penalty. So he's not talking about the severity of the individual sin. He's talking about the corruption of society. Okay, that's point number one. Point number two has to do with the reaction. This already is only about Pilegish Pekiva. It has no parallel in our Pasha. Again, after the Pilegish, the concubine, came back to her master, she 
waited out the night, and in the morning she was dead. And the tribes of Israel demand justice, and this leads to a great war. What happens is the first day of the war, the tribes of Israel lose. And the people of Binyamin, great warriors, defend their their own tribe, defend the members of their own tribe. And uh, they succeed in repelling the attack of the other 11 tribes of Israel. Many people are killed. And the question is why? Well, we believe in Hashkacha. God is in, God is in command here. Second day they attack again after speaking. In both cases, there was some sort of a communication with God using the Ulam Bitumim. And nonetheless, they lose the second day as well. Only in the third day do they finally succeed. And then the people of Binyamin are killed. The man wants to know what's going on. So, still comparing the two stories, he says as follows. In the case of stone, God destroyed stone. You could draw a parallel. So in the case of Gibat Binyamin, God or somebody or us, we, we, we could take an example from God. We should destroy at least that society which allowed this thing to take place. But the man has already said, he doesn't think it's, he doesn't think it's that serious. It's not, at least not in terms of destroying all the society. He repeats that point here as well. He says, in the case of stone, society was destroyed, should be destroyed. He says, in the case of Giv'ah, the society should not Al-Tidin have been destroyed. It, it wasn't a necessity. First of all, he says, it wasn't even all the people. By stone, it emphasizes that the entire city, from old to young, came and surrounded the house. Of a lot. In the Giva it says, which he interprets to mean, some of the people were, were corrupt. In every society, some of the people are corrupt. And they were powerful people. There was no one said anything to them. They weren't just the, the local riffraff. They in fact were sarim ut kefim ba'ir. So the elite of that society was able to do what it wanted, and they were the ones who attacked the house of the man who was staying in Gibab Yamin. But it wasn't everybody. And the others didn't protest, which is a serious crime. Not to protest the evil in your midst. But it's not the same as the people of Stone who were active participants. So therefore he says, when the other tribes of Israel, they were not acting lefi hadin, they demanded the death of these criminals. It was a geder gadol. Now that term is a positive term. There is in halacha things which are uh, uh, strictly legal. And then it's something called lifting mishur There are things which are not midat They're not... Uh, um, uh, uh, pure justice does not demand it. But at times, we go beyond what pure justice demands for some other justifiable reason, for some other good cause. Ligdo geder, to, to make a boundary, is a term used by Chazal to explain why the Chazal, why the Rabbanan instituted dinim the Rabbanan. Asus yag milta. Expression used in the Gemara all the time. When something isn't strictly necessary, but it's a good thing to do anyhow. So we added a chumrah, we, 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 we instituted new halachot, to, to create a further boundary around evil. 
So the Maman says that what the drives of Israel did to Givat Binyamin when they wished to attack and to kill the evildoers who were there was Lemigdar Milta. It was Geder Gadol. Geder Gadol. It's a phase of a phase. A great Godwood Gadol here doesn't mean there's a high fence. It was a great fence. Meaning an admiral fence. Because look, it was a terrible thing. They gang raped an innocent woman. Led to her death. Nobody said anything. So, in court, in a strict court, in a regular court, in a court of law, there would have been one particular uh, punishment. But the tribes of Israel felt that this was somehow more scandalous than that. The law doesn't always have the answer for that. And therefore, more needed to be done to uproot this terrible, shameful thing. As the Pasuk says, Nivala, be Israel, a, a, a disgrace in Israel. Therefore, they decided to demand the death penalty. He's saying, but they weren't, even the individuals who had raped the Pilegish Begivah were not liable for the death penalty. Raman explains technically why. He claims that she was not married. This has to do with a side question as to what the word Pilegish means. Uh, but Raman's argument, going back to next week's Pasha, it's in Pashat Chai Sara, on the Pasuk, Ulevneya Pilakshim Ashil Avraham, Natan Avraham Atanot, first place where the word Pilagish is mentioned in the Torah, and the Ramban there says, as opposed to Rashi, that a Pilagish is not married, Ein Kiddushin, she has not been either betrothed or married to the man, and therefore she's not an Eshet Ish, and therefore, technically speaking, in terms of adultery, in terms of the laws of Arayot, there is no death penalty. Of course, for rape per se, there is no death penalty in the Torah. In fact, there isn't any corporal punishment for the crime that we call rape if the woman is Pnuya, if she is not a woman who is forbidden, a sexually forbidden uh, relationship. So he says, Al din Torah, they weren't liable for the death penalty. Because the only thing they did, and, and the word only should be taken perhaps in quotation marks here, was torturing this Pilegesh. Well, we're not in favor of torture. But there's a certain judicial attitude in the Torah, and, and it's not included in the death penalty. Now she died in the end. He says, yeah, but they didn't kill her. They surely didn't intend to kill her. She didn't die directly. They sent her home alive and she died afterwards. Again, I don't think we should suspect the Ramban of being in any way uh, tolerant of the fact that they did cause her death. Which in fact is what he's saying. He's saying the Jews had the right idea here. That sometimes you can't follow the letter of the law. This was a terrible, scandalous story. Public action of a city that, that, that supported this kind of activities. And in fact, perhaps it demanded an extreme reaction, but it's a non-judicial reaction. That's what he's trying to say. So she died. But again, their basic interest was only, only, was only, was only sexual gratification. And the tribes, they, they treated it 
like Anshay Stom. The Zamban claims that what was the model which led to the reaction of the Jewish people, in fact, the story of Stom. So we have an interesting case because after all, Zamban is one of those who was the first to claim, something which I think is a commonplace today, that when we read Bereshit, we're reading it in order to get examples, to get lessons. It is a, what are the stories of the Avot about? They don't have halachot in the strict sense. They have halachot in the non-strict sense. Exactly the point of man here is making, that sometimes things aren't strictly halachic, but they're the right thing to do. And where do we learn how to act that way? From the great examples, first of all, of the avot, of the stories in Beshit. And here is even a final example, from God himself. So if God reacts to storm this way, that should be a, uh, a, a uh, lesson for us, how we should react. And therefore the zeal, the zealousness of the Jewish people in the reaction to Pesach Shpigiva is based on an explicit, the Ramban says, an explicit remembrance and comparison to the story of stone. He knows that from the word Nivala. They say that what took place in Giva was a Nivala by Yisrael. Ramban says, Na Nivala. That reminds us of Sdom. Therefore, the tribes decided to make a Siagla Torah, a phrase taken from Pirkei Avot, which commands us, Asu, Siagla Torah, make a fence around the Torah. This should never take place again. By doing this, we will um, um, eliminate evil from Israel. Rabban then quotes the halacha justification for killing people without an explicit mandate in the Torah. There's a Gemara like that. Gemara Torah. A court has the right to uh, uh, to corporal punishment, including death. Shalom min Torah without a Torah mandate. Torah says a certain crime is punished with Malkot, you can kill the guy. Torah says a certain crime is punished with nothing, you can give him Malkot. The Lola avod of Torah, not because they're going against the Torah, Ela Kedei Torah. If it's not mandated in the Torah, but it's coming in fact to strengthen the Torah, Torah strength, to strengthen Torah values, excuse me, to strengthen Torah values, then it's okay. That's the Gemara in, in, in Yuvamot, and Ramban says that's what they're doing. Shabbat was doing the same thing. So why? Why did they fail? He says, well, Shevet Binyamin, they were strict constructionists. They said, no, no, we're not Chayv Mita. They know the law. That's why they opposed uh, the action of the other Jews. As well, Ramban is a practical person. There might have been a little bit of politics involved. Perhaps B'nai Binyamin were upset that they weren't even consulted. They just they received an ultimatum. So therefore they defended their own by, but they were Tzadikim, they defended their own by saying, it's not Chayev Mita. There's no reason why they should be killed, which is correct. Why did the Jews fail? Hilman says a really amazing thing. The Fidati, he's aware of the fact that he's, till now he's been saying things he thinks are Amash Pshat of the Psukim. The Fidati, my opinion, he's going out of Ben Alim now. This is the reason why the Jews were punished by losing the first, in the beginning, uh, losing in the war, losing the battles. Because this war was not Lefi Hadin. In fact, it wasn't Torah law to do it. 
So are you saying that you can't go beyond the law? You just explained to me why you can't. True. But the Haggadah, the fence, it's not din, it's a fence. These are the two words in the band. Din, vegeda. It's not din, it's geda. It's an added fence. That's okay. It's a wonderful thing to do geda. Shevet binyamin hayam utala satov alayam shevet svara shevet ladun shifta. He says, Shevet binyamin was correct. That they should not have done it without consultation. In fact, it's their job to clean it up. It's the job of Shevet binyamin to do this geda because each shevet has to take care of itself and not for the others. That's an amazing point. Obviously, we're, we're very much today, we, we, we ignore the concept of Shvatim. So I'll, I'll put it in a slightly different sense, a sense of community. The whole problem here is not the individual sin, which as Ramban has pointed out, is not that severe. It's the social ramifications of the sin. In fact, I said that in the beginning, the whole story of stone is based on that. With a sin, not giving staka, is not death penalty sin. But the social ramifications of a society which is based on that engenders a reaction from God. Here too in Pilegash Begivah the people didn't object. They had a society which allowed uh, a certain elite to to be to arrogantly usurp and assume powers mistreat people. None of which is a capital offense. Society is in fact corrupt. If it's a societal problem, then it's society's job to correct it. So, this particular city was completely guilty. So, the larger society, the Shevet is the society. And therefore, it's not a matter of din. If it's a matter of din, then I can go to China and do din. Because it's what the law demands. But if we're talking about correcting society, then the Bible says society is supposed to correct itself. And so at least, at least those are priorities. First of all, Shevet bin Yamin should take care of it way before we address all of Klal Yisrael. Obviously it's all relative because the Giv'ah people should have corrected it and if they don't correct it, then bin Yamin corrects it. If perhaps the bin Yamin corrected it, perhaps it would have then come to Pitcham Shal Kol Yisrael or the entire, it's also a society, a society of all Israel. But at least those are priorities. They should not have been acting without uh, waiting or seeing or consulting with the people of Binyamin to correct their own. If it comes out, the man says that both sides in this war were liable. Shevet Binyamin were guilty because they in fact didn't do anything. Binyamin, who has, winds up in the end actually defending, they're not defending the behavior of people Binyamin of Giva, but they're, they're defending them. They're surely not attacking them. They're not uh, uh, trying to correct them. They're doing nothing to clean out the evil from their midst. So they're obviously in trouble. They're guilty people, the Shevet Binyamin. And the Jews who are doing with Hamas, who are doing a war, a war is a pretty serious thing to do. They're going to war, they're killing people without an ironclad justification. You can kill people without Torah mandate still need a moral eyeing classification and morally they're not 100%. Vigam et piyashem lo And then he adds and they didn't ask God for permission. They have an institution called and in fact they use it. But he says they only use it for tactics. They're sure they're right. They're sure they're going to win. The question that they ask the Yugundu Tumim according to the Pasuk in 
they said, who should go first? They have 11 tribes, who should lead the attack? Ramban senses, you go to God, and you don't say to him, should we go to war? You don't say to him, are you with us? You don't ask God whether or not we're going to win. You ask God for a practical suggestion, which tribe should lead the charge? You're assuming that God is on your side. Ramban has already pointed out, it's not that simple that God is on your side. It's a very great step here. Even if you're right, Ramban says they were wrong, to some extent. If they were right, you, you, you're going to war against your brothers, against Jews, because of your feelings of moral superiority. We're a better society than them. You don't even ask, you don't even consult with God about it. I don't think it's separate. Okay, well, one, they should have told Benjamin to do it, not themselves. And two, they didn't ask God. It's the, same, it's, the same, it's the same thing. It's this feeling of moral superiority. We're going to correct the world. Which has a basis. They are better than those people in Givan. Even better than the people in Benjamin. But the feeling of moral superiority, of assuming the right to kill people, to make a gather, is problematic. You have to do it very, very carefully. And not consulting with Benjamin, and not consulting with God, are two sides of the same equation. And then continues, before he says that they were beaten back the first day, God was not with them. The brother might explain to God, there wasn't against them. He says, I'm not helping you. I'm not helping you. It turns out, he says, that in fact, Benjamin was a strong tribe. And therefore, they were left to natural causes. They know supernatural help, natural causes they lost. Next day they went back to God and they were sound a little bit better. They in fact asked God whether they should whether they should fight. Uh, not exactly. They went back the second day and uh, what's the exact language they said to God uh, should I go back to fight? Im b'nei binyamin achi. Notice what the Ramban notices. First they didn't say anything about brothers. They go to the God a second day and they say, should we continue the war against our brother binyamin? One says, ah, now they've mentioned ha'achva, they've mentioned brotherhood. Perhaps God, that's, that's a reference. Maybe it's wrong. The problem was that civil war. They realize there's a moral problem involved here. And then by suggesting it to God, they're saying, well, should we go or should we go against our brothers? Meaning, the reason why we shouldn't go is because they're our brothers. Perhaps God will forbid it. But nonetheless, the man says the question is still not right. Because uh, they didn't ask whether they're going to win. They're still confident that they're going to succeed because, because they have arms. Self-assurance here is a problem. So God says, you know, it's mutter. God tells him, God says to him to go. Alu. Meaning it's mutter. But he didn't say it's going to help them because they didn't ask for this help. But in fact, they lost again. And only on the third day, when it says that they sat and they had, they, they, they fasted and they cried and they, they brought korbanot and they prayed to God. And that day, God helped them and they, uh, conquered the tribe of, uh, Benjamin. And the story then, the story then continues. So what's my point here about this one? But again, the, the main point of the Ramban is it's, it's, it makes sense only in, in the light of the story of Stone. 
The story in the stone perhaps gives us a mandate, an example, an inspiration for uh, reorganizing the world. You see something bad, you go home, you get your gun, and you go and you make it right. Why do I see that? That's what God did. God takes a look, sees the people of Stone are an evil society, wipes them out. That's the correct thought. The man is surely, belie- surely believes it. It's one of his main points in his commentary on Breshit. The stories of Breshit are meant to be exemplified. They are exemplars. They are examples for us how to act. But, says the Ramban, in the context of Elegish Begivah, it's not that simple. When you assume the right to act beyond the letter of the law, you have to be very careful. You have to be very right. And he makes two suggestions in terms of the story of Elegish Begivah. One is, it may not be your job, maybe it's someone else's job. Don't be so fast to assume the the crown, to assume the the, the, the the role of judge and executioner. People should correct their own problems. You should encourage them to correct their own problems. So A should correct the problem of A, and A society should correct the problem of A. Binyamin should correct the problem of Binyamin, of the people in Binyamin, way before you go about doing it. Two, you have to, you have to speak to God. Uh, we don't have room to me. You have to really consider. You have to debate with the good. You have to, you have to check with whoever it is it's possible to check with, with the Torah, with Chachamim, with Kadosh Baruch Hu, to make sure because there's more than one side. You're not in clear black and white territory now. And if you're in gray territory, then you cannot be sure. Even if it appears to you that you're right, you can't be sure that you're right. Because in the gray area, sometimes there are two right answers to one question. And their lack of consultation with God in this case, something which they wouldn't have to do had they been merely following the Torah. They're not following the Torah here. They're extending the Torah. Good thing. But when you go in front of the Torah, you have to really, you have to make sure that you're right, meaning you need God's presence in your midst. You need God's help. For them, that meant asking. Because they have a way of asking. Perhaps for us it's a little bit more complicated, but nonetheless the principle is still is still there. Ubedemech gerara, according to Rabbanda, the last line, and he says gerara. I was dragged in, in as derech agav. One thing led to another. I have explained a difficult and unexplained matter, even though. I'm commenting on Pashat Bayera and not on Sefer, and not on Sefer Shakti. And that's our Ramban. I think there's more to think about in the, in the lessons involved. I, I couldn't help in the beginning of today's session. I didn't do it deliberately. Well, maybe I did. Having said some, all sorts of uh, references to perhaps the contemporary situations and storm and welfare policy and our responsibility for what goes on in our midst. So the man says, okay, those are difficult questions and I'm sure there's a lot which each one of us can add to this discussion as to halacha lemaisa, how to carry it out. But my time is up and therefore this broadcast is over. Kol Tov, we back next week on KMTT, Kimitzion, Titzei Torah, Udvar Hashem, Yerushalayim.